Welcome to Off the Bounces, the NBA podcast you did not know you needed in your life. My name is Nissan, and I'm joined by Vic Nash. Hey, hey. And you know what, Vic Nash? I still got your fun facts for you. Did you know that Kawhi Leonard was the best one-year rental that the Raptors ever had? You know what? That actually is not a fun fact. That's a sad fact. Why? Because that fact makes me sad that he's a one-year rental. And now returning to the show is Rax. You know what they say, guys. Once you go rack, he will definitely come back. Thank you guys for having me. Well then, um, we replaced Gadget with Rax again because Gadget is off doing Gadget things in God knows where. Inspector Gadget. What is he up to? You know no what? one really cares. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk some ball. Let's yeah. talk some ball. Let's talk some ball. So guys, here we are. Part two of the NBA free agency frenzy. All right. You know, we're all Raptors fans, so we're, we're, we're just going to have to we're just going to have to adjust ourselves. Sit down because, you know, this is going to be a very interesting episode. You already know where we're going to start. We're starting with probably the biggest trade in the last decade or in this entire modern era of NBA history. Kawhi Leonard left the Toronto Raptors to take his talents to SoCal, Southern California, the Los Angeles Clippers. And if that wasn't, if that wasn't big enough, the LA Clippers on the same day acquired the six-time NBA All-Star Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder for a package in exchange for Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, a Clippers first round draft picks in the year 2022, 2024, 2026, along with two first round choices from Miami in 2021 and 2023, and first round pick swap rights in 2023 and 2025, along with half of Steve Ballmer's stake in Microsoft and Jerry West's NBA logo rights. Wow, that was a mouthful. I mean, you pretty much said they just <laughs> sold the entire farm of the Clippers nation is what you're trying to say. Yep. Okay. And with right. that, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard take their talents to the Los Angeles Clippers. All right. Let's, now, now that we're here, now that we're here right now, where in the world were you guys when all this went down in the NBA? Racks. So I was actually asleep, as many normal people. On the East Coast. On the East Coast. Even, even in the West Coast, it was a little late, but yeah. And I was knocked out. My brother was downstairs, going off, comes up, running into my room, wakes me up. So I roll over, rub my eyes, do a little stretch, take the phone, and read this message that says, Kawhi Leonard is now a Los Angeles Clipper. Okay, and I'll tell you what, I did not feel a sense of hurt. It was just this weird, neutral feeling. I just looked at my phone and you know what? I feel like Kawhi did a really good job of almost extending his thought process and his decision, which also made me have more time to actually come to terms with whatever decision he actually made. Well, that sounded like a eulogy. Um... 
Someone sounded really sad. Yeah. Nisa, Nisa, where in the world were you when all this went down at freaking at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m.? It was like 3 a.m. I was at a restaurant, uh, a funny restaurant actually, not funny, but uh, I would say it's a popular restaurant here in Toronto, uh, mainly Scarborough. It's called Perfects, uh, 24-7 restaurant. A lot of people would know about it. Um, yeah, and I was literally about to eat some really good Chinese food and late night eats. And I pull out my phone, open up Instagram, the first thing I see is Kawhi in a Clippers jersey. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What? What? What's going on? And I, I couldn't eat for like at least like 10 minutes. At least 10 minutes. Um, just ha- I had to digest that news before I could digest some actual food. But part of me, I mean, similar to Rax's feeling, I wasn't too surprised. I was a little shocked, but I was like, okay, he wants to go home. That makes sense. And when I see the Paul George... You know, duel. I was like, "Oh, this is very interesting, very interesting." Because why? Like, like no one knows what Kawhi ever does or what he wants to do, and for him to get Paul George to join him and somehow Sam Presti letting Paul George go like that—that's what kind of shocked me more than Kawhi not signing with us. But boy, I tell you, okay. So the initial reaction was a very neutral reaction, but as the days went on. And photos and memories started to surface. It was almost like a bad breakup, right? Where whoa, whoa, this... wait, you're saying Kawhi leaving is like a breakup? For grown men, it was a really bad breakup. <laughs> okay, and once you see this guy leaving, and you're just looking at this right now, and he doesn't feel all too hurt. You know, he's leaving us right now, and we're sitting there still with our feelings, right? In my feelings, shout out to Drake, right? And you're trying to act like it's not hurting you, but. Every single video, every single moment, you just kind of look into the distance and you try to show everyone that you're strong as hell, but you start crying. I'm here. We fun guy. Where's tomorrow? Fun guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? Yo, yo, yo don't, play, don't ever play that again. I'm just trying to fight back some tears right now. Like, okay, just don't ever play that again right now. I'm not ready for this you anymore. Can't say, you can't say what it do, baby, no more. Yeah. So pretty much Kawhi Leonard was the one that got away. For all of the Toronto Raptors fans. But let's look at this from, from the Clippers' perspective. Because Nissan, just like you said, the Clippers pretty much gave up the farm, all their cattle, all their sheep, and all their crops to get Paul George for two years. And Kawhi Leonard did not end up signing a four-year max. He signed a three-year, a two-plus-one, timing himself with Paul George's contract. And Was the this... max as well. No, not the Supermax. No, no, Both... no. Once the two, he hits that two years, he'll get that. Yeah, he'll get that super max. Yeah. yeah. But from the Clippers' perspective, do you, do you like, this was a must-do trade, of right? Or, I mean, or, like, yes or no? It's definitely a must-do trade with, you know, the, the cap space that they had, the roster that they had. I mean, they're pretty much running it back with the same roster, except now they have two elite, and you can say one of them being top three, if not top two right now because KD is out with the Achilles which we'll get into probably, but you pretty much have like the top player and a top 10 all-star who's also coming off an injury, but it's something they had to do. And to your point, that Clipper squad gave the Golden State Warriors immense trouble in the first round with no all-star on their team. Paul George was, was top three in the MVP voting after James Harden, you know, first team on defense as well. Um, Six-time All-Star, Kawhi Leonard, two-times Finals MVP. Rax, what is your, like, what is the ceiling for this Clipper squad? Is this the best squad in L.A. right now? I'm not sure if they're the best squad in L.A., but I'll tell you this. I definitely think it was a great trade 
for the Clippers just on the simple fact that the Clippers have been the junior varsity team of LA. Okay, not many people are genuine Clipper fans, right? Snoop alluded to this as well. He posted a picture that illustrated you got the Lakers at the top of LA basketball, followed by the UCLA Bruins, the Sparks, and at the bottom of the list was the Clippers. So attracting talent has always been a severe problem. And now you're getting two players that are top 10 in the NBA. And like Nissan said, you got a guy that's arguably top two in the NBA. This is a huge win for the Clippers. And I would put them maybe top two in the West, right? You got the Lakers, their neighbors with the banners that are hanging in LA that these Clipper fans can look up to. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But a lot of people say a championship is what validates your franchise, right? It validates like you, you guys turn the page officially when you win a championship, just like the Raptors did. But you know, for a franchise like the Clippers that don't have a championship, your your page turning moment is landing these free agents, these top tier free agents, right? So going forward, what is your expectation of this Clippers? What is the expectation of this Clippers squad? Do you expect them to be the number one seed in the East? Do you expect them to pretty much run through? Sorry, uh, the West. Do you expect them to run through the West? Do you expect them to kind of be that? That superpower that Golden State was for no, all these years, no, or like, they're not like a, what do you guys they're imagine? Not, they're not a Golden State super team, right? You got to keep in mind, guys. Like, Kawhi Leonard was literally limping through the finals. You know, he had he has this ongoing quad injury that now I ain't no scientist or doctor, but that quad injury, whether he has load management or not, it's going to be something that's there forever, right? Paul George coming off two soldier injuries, so, shoulder injuries, um, or surgeries, I should say. Again, he's not going to be 100%. And he's actually going to miss training camp and part of the first season as well. Part of the beginning of the season as well. They're not going to be, you know, the team that goes like 70 plus wins or 60 plus wins, right? They're going to have to do load magic with Kawhi. You're probably going to have to do load magic with Paul George. Now, we know they won without them. But again, they were seeded, what, 7th, right? In the Western Conference? Uh, I believe the 8th seed. The 8th seed. seed. They faced Golden State in the first round. Right? So they were faced, they got, they got the 8th seed with no All-Star. And now they're probably going to be but the they did tier. But, but they did take two games on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, 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 yeah, a healthy Golden State I don't Warriors. Think, I don't think they're going to be, they're not, you're not, they're not going to be the number one seed. I actually think, I mean, it is a little early to say. And technically free agency is not really done yet. But I want to still put like Denver or Utah maybe still up in the top you know, one, two seats. Um, I think they're going to be like my dark horse picks. I don't think the Clippers with the time that these all-stars are going to be missing, the amount of games that they're going to be missing, I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, in the top two seed of the Western Conference. I think something that's very important that none of us are talking about right now is the acquisition of Harkless, right? So Harkless was the main primary defender on many great players on other teams. Right now that you bring him on the team, he's your third best wing defender which is pretty ridiculous if you're actually thinking about it now look at the overall talent both offensively and defensively Kawhi Leonard beast Paul George beast right you got guys that can knock down shots Bev Harold's on the come up right I'm not sure if you guys watch those Rico Hines videos man he's he is turning up right now right Rax is all about his Rico Rico Hines Hines videos shout out spicy p man shout out spicy p no, but all I'm trying to say is that these guys get it done on both ends of the floor. Defensively, they're going to be so tough. As much as I try to be like, no, this is not going to work. As a Raptor fan, I'm like, no, Kawhi. 
Don't you left us. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do this to us, man. But in actuality, like, no, they're gonna be really good, man. On defense, you got Beverly, Kawhi, Paul George, Harold throwing Harkless in the starting lineup. That is gonna be tough to get by. I mean, hands down, they're probably gonna end with maybe, possibly the number one defensive rating. Do, do you think? Do you think this is a historic? This is gonna be a historically great defensive team, just like you know how Golden State with KD was like all-time great offense. You I think mean, this is going to be like the flip of that, like all-time great defense? You have a two-time defensive player of the year uh, and two perennial defensive player of the year candidates in Paul George and Patrick Beverly. They can Kawhi can guard one through four. Paul George can guard one through four. I'm pretty sure they can guard one through five. You know, Patrick Beverly can guard like multiple positions. They can they can throw so many looks at you defensively. But here's my question. My my biggest question when I saw this was like wicked. On paper, yeah, Clippers, you got to do this trade because that's the only way you're getting Kawhi. Kawhi said, if you can get Paul George, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come to SoCal, right? And he came. Um, but hey, first off, you got you to gotta actually prove it when you get there, right? You got to win. We, we got the chip. The Clippers, you don't got the chip yet. So show us that you can win together and then we'll talk. But my biggest question here is, where do they fit offensively? Because, like, Kawhi has always been a number one option. Paul George became the number one option um, in OKC after being the number one option for, like, set, uh, around eight years, right, um, in Indiana. He became the number one option. Again, Russell Westbrook deferred to Paul George this past season. And so now you have two number one options who like the ball in their hands all the time having to coexist. What's going to happen offensively? We're not talking about that. It's going to be interesting, man. Like, I think the biggest thing is when Kawhi Leonard came to the Raptors, there was defined roles, right? Everyone knew exactly what they were doing. There was no egos, and they had one goal in mind, right? Now we're bringing in Paul George. In fact, he has the most to prove. Kawhi doesn't need to prove anything, right? So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic if they could coexist, if Paul George wants more shine, right? I'm not sure how it's going to be, how they're going to break down the offense but i'm hoping that with this much talent it's not going to be a problem and they could find some sort of cohesion well they'll figure it out but we've seen like you mentioned like paul george took like the prime i guess alpha dog role with okc this past season but we've seen him be like the second fiddle as well which i think is what's going to happen but ultimately again with both these guys missing time and missing games they might just you know it might be one day Kawhi's night it might be one night will be paul george taking over too but I think ultimately, though, let's just say pending that all of them are healthy, and which is what they want in the playoffs, and obviously that's what matters the most, is what happens in the playoffs. Um, I would see Paul George taking that second fiddle role with Kawhi Leonard kind of, you know, taking the more, like more of the workload on the offensive end and kind of setting that up. Because we see Paul George can't play. I think Paul George is a better off-ball player than Kawhi is, um, just because I think he's a better shooter than Kawhi is as well. Like, Kawhi has developed a jump shot. Um, but to stretch the floor, I think Paul George, I would pick Paul George a little bit over him. Well, you guys are getting angry right now. I, I, I got a question for the well, Hold on right now. I, I got a question. Hold on. I got a question. Okay. Okay. You brought up the shot. You know, three seconds left. Game, <laughs> game seven in the second round. Ooh. Right, right, right? Ooh. Who, who's taking the final shot now? Paul George the or Kawhi Leonard? You, you got to give it to the hot hand, man. You do got to give it to the hot hand, but my boy, ha, 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 ha. Ha. 
Hey, listen, we got a sound effect for that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't gotta do it yourself, man. Let me tell you something. That was incredibly identical. Okay, <laughs> but for sure, it has to be Kawhi. This man proved it in one damn season. Yeah. That he could knock down any big time shot whenever it is called upon him, even if it's not called upon him. Or a big time dunk. And what Paul George proved was he could get any big time shot knocked down on him by a shorter guard. And wave goodbye. Moving on. We got to look at this from uh, our dear personal um, hometown team Raptors perspective right we just lost the best player in franchise history right um the reports were all that masai ujiri also had this trade on the table where the where where okc came to them and was like okay what are you willing to give us for paul george and russell westbrook and he had this chance to potentially keep Kawhi. Kawhi did not promise to come back if they got Paul George and Russell Westbrook, but essentially the package for PG and Russ was going to be centered around Pascal Siakam. Very similar to what the Clippers offered, but around Pascal Siakam. Did Masai Ujiri make the right choice by not taking this trade? Yeah, I mean, I think... Whoa, that was quick. Yeah, no, because I mean, once you put Pascal... Pascal in the mix, and I'm pretty sure from what you know the Clippers gave up, it would be very similar to what we would have given up. Uh, Masai definitely did the right choice on you know not doing that trade because a you know you don't want to give up the future to win now. We already won once. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to repeat, but why you know overhaul the roster and the future of the Raptors when we could have just easily ran it back with the same squad and probably could have two peated. To be honest, right? Maybe it was a key, a key few additions to the bench. We probably could have two-peated running it back with the same roster. Danny Green wanted to run it back. Everybody wanted to run it back. But this was a smart choice. And I don't think it was just the Paul George thing. I actually genuinely think at the back of Kawhi's mind was always to go play for home and play in his hometown, right? Um, and I think Masai kind of sensed that where, okay, even if we do get Paul George, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to stay. I mean, if we pulled that trade off, he could still have signed with the Clippers. I think the big thing that we need to talk about is Masai. He takes risks, but they're all calculated risks, right? Even that trade when he went for Kawhi Leonard, right? Trading our franchise player in DeMar DeRozan. That's a calculated risk. We were going to go into a rebuild regardless, right? So he understands the benefits of every single transaction, right? In this scenario, do we want to give up Siakam, maybe even Van Vliet, and a ton of picks just for a player in Paul George and Westbrook that might not even stay there long term, right? It just doesn't make sense. Also, a big thing to point out, he shows great faith in Pascal Siakam. He shows great faith in OG as well, right? So the biggest thing we got to do is trust in Masai. Woo! That was, that was a good point. That was a good point. And pretty much what everyone's saying, and I think we can all agree, what Masai did was, he was like, hey, I know Kawhi is probably going to go back to, to the Clippers. Let's just drive up the price for Paul George um, and make the Clippers have to give up the entire farm and all their cattle and all their crops and all their real estate and half of Steve Ballmer's stock in Microsoft and Jerry West's um, NBA logo rights to get, to get Kawhi and to get Paul George, right? So where does that leave us? Guys, where does that leave the Raptors? Where does that leave us as a team in the Eastern Conference that just won? 
Well, we're gonna. I, I'm saying this right now. We're gonna be locked into the top five somewhere there. So you still think we're? we're you still think we can potentially <laughs> be a top four squad in yeah. the East? Yeah, because again, we won without Kawhi on the roster this year. Um, him seventeen only, and five. Exactly. Seventeen and so, five. Um, now we have that championship pedigree, right? Pascal's taking another step. OG is gonna be back, right? Um, we're gonna be top five because the East is not super loaded right now at the moment. But top five is my guess. And again, it's not a I mean, Rax lightly mentioned it. It's not a rebuild. It's more like a retooling season, right? Ooh, a complete retooling. rebuild would be just, I mean, you know, literally wiping out the entire roster and just showing up like the New York Knicks. But, whoa, whoa. Did uh, you just compare the Raptors to no, the New York Knicks? No, if we were to rebuild. I mean, that's did a poor you, way to rebuild. Did but. you just compare no, no. the Raptors You're silly. You're, to silly. The You're New not York even Knicks. listening to me anymore. <laughs> You're not even listening to me anymore. But no, this is definitely a retooling season, but top five for sure. I think the, uh, an interesting thing is it's like, what assets are you going to get in return if it was a rebuild, a rebuilding season, right? Like you're trading guys on expiring contracts, Lowry, Gasol, they're old, man. Like you're not going to get much in return. Might as well run it back one more season. Give these guys a victory lap. Let them enjoy it. Get some pieces in that could hold their own on defense, right? Because we proved it that you might not need to be the best offensive team. If you could survive defensively, it can take you a long way. So Masai, great decision. He's having everyone come back and just one more victory lap. And yes, I do believe top five. And, you know, if halfway through the season it's not working, we could still trade all these expiring deals onto, like, for picks or, like, take on their expiring salaries attached with the pick. And, like, we can't forget, we added Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who was a great stand-in for Karis LeVert on the Brooklyn Nets. Stanley Johnson as well. We got, we got that. We got the, we got the European shooter. What's his name, Rax? Matt Thomas, ninety-nine percent when he is wide open. Ooh, oh, I kind of like wow. that. Let's hope shoot your shot, Matt Thomas. Shoot your shot. Because you know you're gonna get it, man. Just shoot it. Please shoot it. Just shoot it, man. Now, I feel like we're talking a lot about OKC today because you know OKC has been the topic of the second biggest trade of NBA free agency. Right? Biggest free agency move. The Oklahoma City Thunder trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets of all places. Daryl Morey once again trading with Sam Presti to, to get one of his superstars. Russell Westbrook to, to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul, two first round picks in 2024 and 2026, and pick swaps in 2021 and to 2025. Ooh. Russell Westbrook is now reunited with his homie, James Harden. And OKC has every team's picks for the next 10 years <laughs> waiting for them. I don't know. I don't know how I felt about this trade. I'm still amazed by the, the stuff that comes out of your mouth. I... How did you guys feel? Honestly, I don't feel threatened. Like having Russ and Harden didn't strike me as such a scary thing in comparison to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or even a combination of LeBron James, AD, and Cousins. But I think the chemistry is going to be there. They played with each other for so long. They're friends, right? It's going to be real exciting to actually see them go at it again on the court. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamic because Russ is not an amazing shooter. Is force spacing going to be a problem? But Overall, I think it's a very cool trade. I think it's a fun trade. It creates parity in the NBA, and I love it for that. I mean, it's a trade that had to be done on Houston's point of view, right? And I agree with you there because 
does Russell Westbrook come back a better shooter than he was previously, right? Uh, can he can he share the ball with uh, James Harden as well, right? Because they're both ball-dominant guys, right? That's the biggest question. But I feel like they're both at a place right now where it's like, okay, this is the best chance, you know, to kind of compete and possibly get to the finals, maybe. But I'm a little biased. I'm not a Westbrook fan, which Vic Nash already knows, right? He, I, I have a question, though. Like, here's, here's, here's where it kind of gets pretty interesting for me like do you like chris paul and and james harden more or do you like russell westbrook and james harden more personally i've seen more success when russell westbrook and james harden have been playing together yeah right? but the russell westbrook and harden duo we only seen them when they were much younger and they made it to yeah the and they and they, they were totally different players they were totally different players harden coming off the bench this they're two mvp players now so to even answer that question like it would be hypothetical to even like we don't even know what it's gonna look like. But let me see, let me see like ten games with them, healthy, and then I'll give you an answer. Then how about that? But like here's here's my thing with Russell Westbrook. There, okay, we saw Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not the Chris Paul of old. He's not. He's still a point guard, but he's not that like I can run and carry this squad type of point guard that he he's used not, to be. He's not a point guard anymore. Let's just take that okay. away from him. He, he's a point, <laughs> he's guard. A point guard. He's a point guard. guard. Yeah. All right. Cool. He's not going to carry your team. Like he, he couldn't do that. He, he couldn't do that. James Harden had to carry the team, and we saw in the playoffs what that did to James Harden. Well, with, with how I see this working is like Mike D'Antoni's got to get creative, but I think Russell Westbrook can take more of the ball handling and like give that rest to James Harden. Make him a spot-up shooter. Make him space the floor. Also, Russell Westbrook hasn't had, hasn't had shooters around him like this ever in his career. Like, even with, even when he had KD on his squad, like, Sam Presti always struggled and all, was always criticized for being unable to fill out that roster with, the, with, with, like, with shooting, right? But now, James, with James Harden, Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, um, you know, you, you have Clint Capella as well. You have P.J. Tucker. You have spot-up shooters. How do, you, like, how do you feel? I know you like Westbrook as a player. I think like, a very interesting thing is, like, Sometimes, even in basketball, just your frame, how tough you are physically can get you a bucket. When you're looking at Chris Paul, he was depreciating in value. He was getting older. There was injuries, right? Essentially, Russell Westbrook can fill that entire void that Chris Paul had and also get you a sure bucket by just getting to the rim, right? So Harden's going to be able to have a lot of time off. He could even play off the ball. I think the biggest thing that we have to focus our attention to is D'Antoni. Is he going to get it done? Because he's been on the chopping block. People have been criticizing him time and time again, saying your system just doesn't work. Pick and roll all the time with James Harden at the top is not going to work. So let's see how that goes this season. That is true. I mean, the it, when it comes down to the seven game series, which is where it matters, like I mentioned before, it's always the playoffs where it matters is you can easily get out coach and you can easily game plan against, you know, a one dimensional offense. So maybe this changes it with the Westbrook addition. Maybe this does change. It. And like you said, maybe they throw it to Westbrook and let him run the offense and not pick and roll. But hey, Russell Westbrook, just get into the paint, get fouls, do whatever you got to do. It's the intangibles, right? Like in the playoffs, Westbrook brings like a package of intangibles that you can't teach. It's almost like a fear factor. When he comes on that court, he's going to try to take your heart. And that's something that's great because the Rockets haven't had some heart for some time. They've been deflated. And this is going to be an amazing season, I think. But, but here, here's the interesting fact. In the past three seasons, ever since Katie left, 
um, Russell Westbrook's shooting has depreciated in the playoffs, right? He shot, he shot um, about 39%, then he dropped to around 36%, then he dropped to 34%, which is interesting because the sample sizes are so small because he's been knocked out of the first round for all three years. But Russell Westbrook is kind of on the decline too. He has a lower percentage because he sucks at shooting. Okay. <laughs> and he's literally tried to take every shot that he could. Like he, I've, I'm surprised this guy hasn't had a back surgery trying to carry the OKC Thunder. Listen, I, I mean, Paul George was there for the last two years. It was nice and great. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a dog and all. But It, it, it seems like Rax has got something to say. You, <laughs> you, you, hold, on, hold on right now, okay? He, he pointed to an amazing point. It's... The fact that he's carrying a team, trying to will them to win every single night and making sure that his energy level that he is known for never drops. He doesn't let the fans down, right? He comes out there. Yeah, his percentage sucks, but he's going to go out there trying, right? And he's going to try to do whatever he can. Who's he going to pass to in the corner that's going to knock down a shot? Ferguson? Patrick Patterson. Patterson? Abrinas. Abrinas? Oh, my God, Right? I can't even spell those names, right? Like this is like I don't. If you were to tell me these guys were on the OKC Thunder, I'd be like, who? What? But like, what are you talking about, right? Honestly, like having him with another bona fide superstar that can get a bucket when he passes, his assists are gonna go up just by passing it to Harden, man. Like Harden's gonna stand in the corner, kick it out to him. That's a bucket. Come on. I mean, the one thing we know for sure is that you know, Clint Capella, when you're shooting free throws, don't go for the rebound. Russell Westbrook's probably going to get it. Yeah. Right? We got we to gotta look at this from the Thunder's perspective, man. To close this off, this is officially the end of the Thunder. Like, this, this very short history, 11-year history of the OKC Thunder. Right? Where do we stand? Like, we've just, they literally have lost three MVPs, drafted amazingly, have no titles, but one NBA Finals appearance to show for it. How do you feel about OKC, the OKC Thunder, and how do you feel about Sam Presti in general? Well, um, those clouds don't look as threatening anymore. Let's say that there's no, there's no thunder, there's no thunder coming. There's no, there's no lightning. The fluffy clouds. It's literally cotton candy floating in the air. Okay, Nissan. I mean, I think we should just move the team back to Seattle. Oh. Um, yeah, that's where I stand. I don't, I don't really care for the OKC Thunder. Um, they traded away three MVPs. Uh, Sam Presti. Again, I don't know what you're doing over there. I mean, you're almost just as bad as James Dolan. You know, you, you, you know, you know what? I got a message for Sam Presti. Oh, do you know? Sam I Presti. mean, I, th- I feel like you should talk on this because you're a little heartbroken here. Speak your mind. Yeah, like, l- let me hear you out. Sam Presti, you know, you came from Coach Popovich's tree. It was all great and wonderful to see. But there you were taking all the glee from my heart away. And there's just one thing I got to say. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck a lot. Um, Take your car out of the Thunder parking lot. Drive yourself home and never come back. The next time I see you, I'm going to kick you in the sack. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I I don't even know what to say. Like... Did that that was that? no. Is that a free, Drake? Is that you, Drake? I like yo. This, like, this, this, off the top. This is just spoken from the heart, man. Like, what do you do? Like, the Sam Presti is a great GM. He drafts amazingly well. Who did they draft? Let's 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 look at this eleven-year history. They drafted Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, 
Steven Adams, right? Victor Oladipo. No, they traded for Victor Oladipo. Sorry. So you're telling me these are the players that came through your franchise. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Steven Adams, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and you could not win one single ring? You went to one NBA Finals? How does this make sense? Yes, Sam Presti, you are a great GM. You know how to draft. But what you don't know how to do is fill out a goddamn roster. You do not know how to fill out a goddamn roster. You know why? That's why Kevin Durant left. Because all he did was ask you to give him some help. All Russell Westbrook asked you was to give him some help. All James Harden wanted was forty was $54 million instead of the $50 million you were asking for. He didn't want $4 million extra every year. He wanted $4 million in total. And why? You cheaped out on $4 million, and now, you know what you got to show for it? Chris Paul? Yes! You got bucket. You got goddamn Chris Paul to show for all that effort. You know what? Best 11, hit, 11 years in the OKC Thunder's history. You know what? You are... A stellar example of what an NBA GM should be. Thank you. My boy is spazzing, man. Like, he had a rough morning to begin with, and now he's already bugging because of you, Mr. Presti. So thank you so much for getting him even more stressed, right? But honestly, that has to be, right? Like, the biggest botched team in, like, how much talent do you have on that team, right? You have three MVPs that came out of that team, and you're telling me you can't even get one chip. Not even one. The Raptors have a chip. Who's their secondary superstar? Like, you're telling me, like, I'm actually blown away. Like, I don't even know what to say anymore. Listen, guys. I mean, I get it. We're taking shots at Sam Presti. But you got to keep in mind, this. he does have literally a lot of picks to show for it now. So, yes, you made a good point. He does do a great job drafting. And... Now they're in a position where they can literally take... How many first-round draft picks do they have? They have double, almost double-digit first-round draft picks from two different teams. And if they unload CP3 somewhere... Let alone take, their own picks. Yeah, let alone their own picks. And let's just say they unload um, CP3 to another roster. Maybe some people are saying Miami, right? Pair them up with Jimmy Butler. You're probably going to get a couple first-rounders there too. That's a good sign. I mean, now this is a team that's in the rebuild season all right they're not going to try to win now you can even unload steven adam put him on a winning roster too because he's you can you can say like it's debatable you can say he's in his prime right now as a center right for a league that's not really big on centers anymore he's a really good center to have especially on a winning roster and i'm pretty sure he's gonna want out as well in in like this this modern era of like all these nba storylines biggest what ifs i really think like now like looking back with this era done in the uh, in the OKC Thunder, like this is one of my biggest what ifs of the like of this past decade, right? What if this Thunder team st- st- like stuck together? They literally just went to an NBA Finals. They were all twenty two years old, twenty two years old, and they they like if you look at this history, like they lost to they lost and then they beat some historically great teams. They they lost to the San Antonio Spurs and then they finally beat them twice. They had to get through Kobe and Powell. Twice. They, they paid their dues early on in their careers, like while they were teenagers. And then finally, when they were 22 years old, took the league by, like, took, took the league by, league by storm and just made their way to the NBA Finals, right? This is one of my biggest what-ifs. You wanted to save $4 million, Sam Presti? You know what? This is what you get. 
it's just crazy, right? Like it's a, it's it's hard to even process that when you see images of who was actually on this team. It's crazy to believe that they actually were on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, honestly, I'm at a loss for words, and I don't even like talking about this because it's complete ludicrous, right? You know what? I think I think we just got to end the show right here. But I got I got one one final question, right? One more question. One more one more question. Who runs LA now? And what game are you marking on your calendar for the next season? After all, like okay, now that now, now that the dust is finally starting to settle a little bit more, what game are you marking on your calendar for that next NBA season? It has to be Clippers in Toronto. Kawhi's return. That's something I just genuinely want to see. As a Raptor fan, I'm going to be cheering for him because of all the heartache we went through and he actually got us to the promised land. It was a great thing, but it's going to be really nice to see him actually just back in Toronto and hopefully he gives a speech because I need some closure, man. <laughs> uh, who runs LA? I still say it's going to be the Lakers because I uh, side with Snoop Dogg and the Clippers are the worst. Um, and really, let's be honest, no one's going to watch any Clippers basketball unless you're a Clippers fan and there's not really a lot of them out there. Um, but the must-watch game... I want to say I would. I mean, I, I, th- I want us to keep it in LA. I think the Clippers versus the Lakers. You think the Battle of LA is going to be the must-watch LA, game? Every eh? game is going to be a must-watch game. But I mean, if the Clippers are smart, they might not play Kawhi. So who knows? You know. Okay, fine. You know what? We're since we're there. Why do you think the Lakers are the better team than the Clippers? Because we're going with a full off-season LeBron James. We're going with a. I think we. I want to call him like a grown man, Anthony Davis. I feel like what the post, like the, not the post game, sorry, the interviews he's been giving this off season is very different, and his mindset is very different, and it's very less, you know, narrow minded to the trophy, right? And he said it, said it with Rachel Nichols as well. It's like, you know, he's not going to be participating in FIBA this year either, or the U.S. training camp, right? Because his main focus is the championship, right? And for him, again. Amazing player, a player you would start a franchise with, pairing aside, pairing with LeBron James, who's been to the finals multiple times with multiple different rosters. Doesn't matter what roster they have. Doesn't matter if you have the worst defensive team or the best defensive team. I think he's gonna. They're gonna be. Uh, they're gonna be up there. They're gonna be definitely probably. I mean, I don't want to hint at it, but I won't be surprised if they make it to the finals. You can make that same exact argument for Cousins, right? He just yeah. went through a bunch of hardship. He's looking slimmer now in his Ooh, interviews. We got, we got slim boogie. We got, we got slim, slim boogie, boogie, right? And now he's going to be pairing with LeBron James, who's the greatest off-the-court coach, right? Like, he'll help him almost get into shape and get his mind right, right? Now you got three guys that I feel like we're not even remembering the value of AD because AD is actually insane. Like, he is incredible. Now you're going to pair him with the best player in the world. You, could you imagine the things that they're going to do just simply off pick and roll? There is no solution, man. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to save yourself with Braun at the rim, AD at the rim, AD can pop, Braun can pop? Like, you're literally going to have trouble defending that very own set piece, right? So, I don't know, man. LA is going to be dangerous. And you know what? We got to throw in, you got to throw in Kyle Kuzma. You know, Phil Handy made his way from the Raptors down to. Down to that, um, down to um, down to the Lakers. He's 
Gonna help Kuzma with his handle. Kuzma's got an improved shot. We've got Rondo. We've got JaVel McGee. We've got Danny Green. We got Danny Green. Got some key players. And Avery Bradley. Yeah. This like this Lakers squad's looking a little interesting. This is better than this is definitely better than um Lance Stevenson and you know Michael Beasley with JaVel McGee and Rondo and KCP. Like this is definitely really good. Are, are you sure they're better without KCP and sorry, KCP's still there, but are you sure you're better without all the nice. other guys that you just mentioned? Like Lance is a it's a hit. You know, our boy Beasley over there. I don't even know. He's not, not going to show up to the game with the right shorts on. Let's be real. They're definitely a much better roster than last year. Um, my pick is going to be the Lakers being the top dog over the Clips. Uh, it's, it's neck and neck, right? Like, I, I genuinely think that whoever can gel the best is going to be the best team. But it's definitely one and two, and I'm not going to make my decision yet. But we'll see. All right. We're just going to have to wait and see. And with that, we are wrapping up. This episode, thank you for tuning in with us on NBA Free Agency Part 2. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, folks. Bye-bye. I'm a fun guy. I thought we said no more Kawhi sound effects.